I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me today, Bob Kohler, EVP, Tim Keith, Chief Strategist, Account Growth for Strategic Resource Management, SRM. We're looking into the problem of boosting loan growth in the pandemic. What is it banks need to be doing? Tim, let's start with you. Yeah, I think it's it's really uh, an unprecedented time in banking. If you look back at what happened in the pandemic, you had not just the impact of the pandemic with branch closures and appointment-only banking, consumers and businesses limiting their scope of activities, but at the same time, you had interest rates dropping to 0% virtually overnight in this massive wave of federal money coming into the U.S. economy. I've been in banking for almost 30 years. As, as a banker, I remember fighting tooth and nail to grow my checking portfolio 2 or 3% in a year. And the average consumer checking balance in 2020 increased 37% in one year because of this massive amount of federal money coming into the economy and still sitting in many bank accounts. We see this every day in our clients' data, that this money still sitting out there waiting to be spent, I guess. So the obvious problem for banks is how do we deploy these dollars into earning assets and deal with some of the liquidity issues that have been created by this wave of money into the economy. And I think answering that question has gotten more challenging because our operating environments are still not back to normal. And you have that converging with the plethora of online lending options now. And it's it's a fraught time for bankers as it relates to meeting the lending needs of their customers in a relational environment. We used to could count on customers coming into branches. We used to could count on them considering us to be their primary source of credit. It's not the case anymore. The pandemic has exacerbated that because, you know, of the limits of the operating environment. And so we're missing opportunities every day to meet the lending needs of our customers because we're not top of mind. They're not thinking about us. They're buying cars from Carvana or whatever and getting credit embedded through the process. So it's a really unique point in time challenge in the industry because you have this convergence of this liquidity issue with the pandemic and with, at the same time, the the broadly expanded range of online lending options. And that makes a intentional strategic approach to to, to loan growth, really critical, you know, at this point. I can see that because the one thing, and I think people often forget this, is banks need to lend to stay in business. That's what they do. Banks don't make money by taking in deposits. They make money by lending it out. Yeah. And so if you think about the challenge, there's an opportunity cost associated with every conversation with a customer, business or consumer, that is not happening today that would have happened two, three, four, five years ago because of changes in the operating environment. People not coming to branches, either because of the pandemic or because we've given them technology to service their accounts without having to talk to a banker. So marketing becomes critical as an integrated part of a growth strategy because in many ways, marketing is the only way we have to initiate a conversation with a customer about their needs and their changing needs and make it easy for customers to raise their hands and say, I am in market, tell me more about this product or service or what you have to offer here. So awareness building within credit active segments, both business and consumer, really critical to being able to grow loans and to retain relationships with customers. 
Well, you've identified this three-step program, if I can put it that way, for loan growth. Take me through the three modules that you fixed upon. The three modules would be acquire, essentially onboard, and grow and retain. Acquiring new customers, you know, we talked about the liquidity wave. The other impact of the pandemic that has been really historic in terms of specific metrics is new household formation and banks dropped in half from pre-pandemic levels. So in other words, the typical run rate of new households coming into a bank, half what it was before the pandemic. And so if you just think about that, if, if your flow of new relationships suddenly drops in half, that's going to affect your lending growth because those are folks that are borrowing in many cases or will borrow. And so you've got to make a concerted effort to try to drive growth instead of just relying on organic growth to just naturally happen. I am encouraged. We're starting to see in the U.S. those new household formation rates start to renormalize. We're doing a number of campaigns for clients where we're seeing response rates start to improve. So number one is, you know, establishing that flow of new customers. Number two is when you get a new customer in, um, it's almost like you've you've bought an annuity because there's a relationship there that has the potential to produce income in multiple categories over the life of that relationship. So you invest money in acquiring that annuity, and but then if you don't actively manage that annuity, you won't get the return. And so as you get new customers in, particularly and for most banks, seventy percent of new customers are still checking customers without credit. So educating new checking customers about your credit products, it makes a direct and meaningful impact on the adoption rate of lending products in the first six months of their relationship with the bank. So as I get someone to come in and open a checking account with my bank, if I'd make a concerted effort using data and segmentation and and effective targeting to educate active credit users who have become customers, both business and consumer, about our lending solutions, it makes a direct impact on the uptake of credit in that first six months. In other words, just getting that customer to go ahead and move those lending relationships at the same time that they have uh, moved their checking. And then the third thing is just ongoing cross-sell. So someone comes in and opens a checking account with you. They don't need credit at that time. 18 months later, they're thinking about a home improvement project. They're looking to to buy an RV or uh, refinance their mortgage. That active ongoing communication in credit active segments, you've proven data uh, analytics to create awareness in credit active segments that we have quality rates and products available. We want your business and click here to start the process. That ongoing cross-sell is really critical. If you look at a, at a static point in time for most banks, you will find on the small business side, anywhere from 70 to 90% of small business households only have a checking account, do not have a business loan with the bank. That's a huge opportunity to leverage that transactional relationship and cash management type relationship into business lines of credit, business loans, by just having consistent outreach and awareness building. On the consumer side, it's similar. Typically, 75% of consumer households have checking with their bank. And of those, typically 50% to 55% only have checking, which means they don't have a loan. And that checking data is richly predictive of the capacity and propensity of those customers to borrow from the bank. So 
step number one to growing loans is to leverage the relationships you already have by mining the data and being proactive in outreach. And by the way, those customers' relationship-based lending is less price sensitive. Uh, they're buying based on trust and history, not based on pure price proposition. So you're able to manage your margins uh, at the same time you're managing growth versus just going out and trying to buy market share with thin margin product. And so when you wrap all that together, starting with a baseline and a benchmark analysis to say, where am I today? Where are my opportunities? How do I prioritize opportunities based on likelihood of success, but also the ability to drive profitability and margin through growth, not just pure growth, price-based growth. That's fundamental to this whole wrapping up these three different things is start with an analysis that lets you gives you a sense of where you are today and where your prioritized opportunities, where you would spend your first dollar, your 10th dollar, and your 100th dollar in, in, in order, you know. Yeah, I'll add to that real quick that uh, our data also shows once you establish that uh, loan relationship with that checking customer, the retention rate grows exponentially. Usually once they have a loan and a checking with them, the propensity for them to leave is very, very low. A couple of real practical things on that. If I, if I, if I have a checking customer, that's a $15,000 checking balance. That's a very profitable account in, the, in a consumer checking account. But when I sell them a 10-year home equity or a 30-year mortgage, I put a, an, a literally an anchor on that checking in the form of the loan term. And that, that's what Bob's talking about, the retention benefit. On the flip side, when I sell a checking account to a mortgage customer, they become two or three times more likely to buy a home equity account down the road because that checking becomes the bridge from the first loan to the second loan. So a relational-based approach to these tactics is really uh, really builds on itself. I think banks need to understand what the value of each of their products is um, because I think some of them don't. And mm -hmm. in fact, a checking account, or, or as mm -hmm. we would call it, this side of the pond, a current account. <laughs> right. Is, is not a hugely profitable thing in and of itself for a bank to operate. In fact, often they, they can be money-losing propositions. That's right. But if you look at it as a financial institution, if you look at that as the lead to something else, treat that customer right, treat them properly, and yes, you will get them to take out the mortgage, you will get them to take out the credit card, you will get them to take out the loan, et cetera, et cetera. That's right. Typically, a third of checking accounts, to your point, account for 100% or 120% of the profitability of the checking portfolio. And so if you really start where you've got relationships that you want to protect that are already profitable, where there's also at the same time a demonstration of credit capacity, if you think about the amount of money I keep in my checking account outside of maybe FICO scores, credit scores, what's more predictive of credit capacity than the money that I keep in that transactional account, it tells you I have money to service debt. So when you can align a quality credit risk with a prioritized retention scenario, then that's, those, that's and you can spend the same dollar and achieve two goals. That's what you want to be doing. And it's really what we see is that the uh, education of those products and services repeatedly um, so when, especially with uh, no one going into a branch network right now, they search bankrate.com and they don't see you're on there, they're, they know the financial institution has a credit card. I mean, they know that their financial institution can do a lot of credit, a home equity loan. I mean, it's not the knowledge of that. 
but it's bringing that knowledge to the forefront. So while they're searching, they go, oh yeah, and I just got a communication a week ago, a month ago, or or get, I got one today. Let me see how they compare. Let me talk to my own financial uh, institute, current financial institution versus, you know, I see that, you know, ABC Bank Online has, you know, this teaser rate without fully understanding what that might be. So make sure you're establishing that that relationship is, is very key. And, um, you know, they might not uh, act upon that uh, um, marketing material right now, but in the back of their mind, they're going to continue to remember that when they are looking. Yeah, I would add to that, Robin, and say that digital marketing has been a complete game changer for mid-tier, regional, and, and particularly community banks. Because in the old days, you know, to try to create awareness, the blunt instrument of general advertising, and if you're in a metro market, the expenses can be overwhelming, and you're only really trying to reach a very small percentage of the market. Whereas now, we can use data to identify, you know, highly targeted audiences and then go find them in online environments and place messages in front of them on a rotating basis where you just get this building of awareness where they can interact with the marketing. We can learn from those interactions. They can start a process and many times complete a lending process in an online environment. And so it equalizes the game in terms of, you know, the competition with the, the top five, top 10 banks who have so so much scale b- because you're able to target in those messages without a lot of waste in terms of marketing. And you're able to learn in a dynamic way about how your customers interact with messages you send and, and make adjustments based on what you learn. Tim Keith, Chief Strategist, Account Growth, Bob Kohler, EVP, Strategic Resource Management. Thank you very much, gentlemen.